Strategic Living with Brian Holmes, episode number 41, Healing the Broken Soul. Hi, this is Ray Edwards from RayEdwards.com, and you're listening to Brian Holmes, one of my favorite people and certainly one of my favorite podcasts. Welcome, everyone, to the program today. My name is Brian Holmes, and you have found the Strategic Living Podcast. It's a privilege and a joy to have you with us. We are all about transforming minds, developing leaders, awakening dreams, activating destinies, changing nations. Hey, we want to see you healed, your mind renewed. We want to see you discover who you really are and become fully engaged in all that God has created you to do. Well, going to be a great program today. I'm introducing a new segment. Got a couple of fun announcements. It's going to be a great one, everybody. Let's get started. Well, I'm just pleased to have you with us today. It's uh, always a privilege to come to you, and I'm always humbled and honored that you would take of your time to listen to the show in fact, we are, uh, man, over 40 episodes now. We're moving in on that one-year mark. I'm just blown away by that, frankly, but it's very exciting. I enjoy this. It just does my heart so much good to be able to put out a message of hope, a message of healing, a message of restoration, a message of uh, purpose and really engaging destiny. I truly have this desire to somehow make a contribution towards you becoming all that God has created you to be. There's so much potential in you. There's so much greatness in you. And I believe with all of my heart that there is something significant that you can do in this life. Well, let me give you a quick preview of the program today. I'm going to be introducing a new segment, and I'm not necessarily going to do this every single week, but as I feel uh, to do it, I will share with you a book recommendation, maybe a few thoughts from a book that I'm reading. I have become uh, much more of a prolific reader this year. I think I'm on about my sixth or seventh book this year, and I am learning. I'm growing. It's one of my governing values to learn and to grow, and uh, I have come across a book that has deeply impacted me. In fact, I'm really taking my time with this, so I'm going to tell you about that. Also, we're going to be talking about healing the broken soul. Now, this happens to be a lane that I run really fast in. Uh, This area of the soul is maybe my sweet spot. It's probably the place where God has us focusing most of our attention as we go out and speak to others around the nation, around the world. And I want to share with you today some concepts on healing the broken soul. In fact, I'm going to wind up giving you seven steps to healing your broken soul. And then also I have, at the very end of the program, I'm going to be offering a special preview, peak sort of teaser announcement regarding something I'm going to be doing here in the DFW area that I think you might want to be a part of if you're in this audience here in Dallas-Fort Worth, and I think it's going to be a wonderful time. So without further ado, let's get to our brand new segment. Well, this would fall under the category of what is Brian reading today? I tell you, I've been chomping at the bits to share some of this with you, and I'm going to give you a little brief touch today. But I've been reading a book by none other than John Maxwell. And of course, if you have been around for any length of time in your life, you've probably heard this name, and maybe you've read some of his materials. Uh, He's got audio courses, DVD courses out by the dozens, and a prolific leader. What a great history he has, what a great impact he's making around the world, and his legacy will certainly live long after he uh, passes on from this life. But I'm reading a book called The 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth. Now, this program's all about strategic living, and you've heard me talk many times about 
this value that we place on personal development, personal growth. And this book might be one of the most powerful and insightful books that I've put my hands on in a very long time. In this book, in typical John Maxwell style, he lays out a number of keys, what he calls laws, that when these are lived out and when they're followed, they will result in not only personal growth, but I think they translate into success and fulfillment on all levels. So I'm just going to give you a quick teaser here. What are the laws? Well, the laws are the law of intentionality, the law of awareness, the law of the mirror, the law of reflection, the law of consistency, the law of environment, the law of design, being intentional, the law of pain. Oh, this one right here helped me a lot. The law of pain. Pain, ladies and gentlemen, really is your friend. The law of the ladder. I love the 10th law. It's the law of the rubber band. Number 11, the law of trade-offs. What do we trade for? 12, the law of curiosity. And then comes the law of modeling, finding those that are where you want to be and modeling after them. 14 is the law of expansion and 15, the law of contribution. Let me go through them quickly one more time. Number one, the law of intentionality. You must be intentional about your life. Life will either happen to you or you will plan and strategize and live in such an intentional way that you create your life. The law of awareness, you must know who you are. You really must know who you are and what it is that you are called to do. The law of the mirror, that is looking into the mirror and being honest with oneself and and understanding what's standing in front of you there. The law of reflection, looking back over past history, past events, past experiences and reflecting and learning from those. The law of consistency. You know, we look for the home run every day, yet it is doing the little things over and over and over again, step by step, bite size by bite size, that over time creates success. The law of environment. You are the sum total of the people you hang out with. You are the sum total of the environment you subjugate your mind and your heart too, the law of environment. Sometimes we have to choose to exit one environment, enter another one so that we can move to the next level. The law of design. This is where we become strategic. We literally uh, get people around us that can help us see how to design our steps, how to design our future, how to design our businesses, our endeavors. The law of pain. Boy, I mentioned a moment ago this one helped me. I, I don't glory in my pain. And I don't whine about my pain. And I know people that do both. But I I tell you what, pain is your friend. The absence of pain is to not know when something is wrong. But furthermore, having experienced pain, and if really stewarded in the right kind of way, an experience with pain can teach one a lot about their future and about their options. The law of pain is so important. The law of the latter, that is, how do we progress in life? How do we move up in life? The law of the rubber band, that is, if there's not any pressure between where you are presently and where you want to be, then you're not going to be moving forward. The law of trade-offs, the law of curiosity, the law of modeling, the law of expansion and growth and, and moving out. And then, of course, maybe one of the greatest is the law of contribution. What contribution will you make to mankind while you're here in this earth. Well, I've been reading and listening, by the way, reading this on my iPad and listening to the audiobook on my iPhone, and I've been repeating each chapter multiple times, literally. Uh, I'm not moving from chapter to chapter right away. I'm, I'm really wanting to digest and consume and assimilate these principles because John Maxwell does such a powerful job of communicating each of these laws in a way that you can actually go out and Act on what you've just learned and really utilize these laws to your advantage. Uh, I really believe that this book, and I don't make this kind of recommendation often, but this book about personal growth, 
should be required reading on every high school campus and every university campus around the world. I also believe that every adult, no matter what stage of life they are in right now, I really do believe that if they will, would take this material, this book, this great work that John Maxwell has put together and consume it and assimilate it and integrate it into their walk, into their life, I believe it truly would change their life. So I want to recommend to you with the highest of recommendations the book by John Maxwell, The 15 Invaluable Laws of Gross, Growth. Rather, There will be a link in the show notes to this book. If you'd like to click right through to it, that would be great. Uh, I would recommend that you can download it to Kindle, download it to your iPad, or you can download it, of course, uh, to any other reader you may have. Or if you're one of those folks like my wife who prefers to have a real book in your hands, any bookstore would have that, but you can certainly order it directly from our website. Well, now to our feature presentation. I hope that book review and summary might be of benefit to you. I, I tell you, I'm learning a great deal from that particular book, and I'm going to start sharing some of my muses with you concerning these readings. Well, today I'm talking about healing the broken soul. Healing the broken soul. Somehow all over the world I've become known as the soul man. And uh, that's not a name I've given myself. It's, it's what others have uh, sort of tagged me with, maybe a bit of a term of endearment. Uh, but God has allowed my wife and I to, through our own experience, through our own journey, to learn much about this arena that is a part of the human being. And because of what we've learned and the things that we've personally been through, it seems as though God's granted us a grace to bring an awareness to a lot of people concerning the essential nature of your soul being healed. I, I don't know that this word's in the dictionary. In fact, I'm pretty certain that it's not. But I use the term wholeness, W-H-O-L-E-N-E-S-S, -E -E as we talk about spirit and soul and body. But I believe God's really called us to do this. So in this particular episode, I want to give you an overview, a brief introduction to this concept of the soul. And I want to share with you why I believe every man, every woman, should pursue healing, reconciliation, and restoration in their soul. Because I believe it's that important. So our scriptural foundation today is 1 Thessalonians 5.23. It says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete or whole without blame at the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, here's where we're going to go today. We're going to talk about the soul of man and we're going to talk about why it is so important that we as men and women, and even for that matter, our children should be considering how is it that I can be completely restored and whole in my soul. Now, you've heard the, the if you're a Christian or a believer, you've heard the term that he saves our souls. And I would submit to you that that's probably a misuse of the term soul in that the soul of man literally is an arena. It's one third of who we are made up as, which I'll explain more about in a moment. But the soul of man is such a critical part of who we are. And in order for us to achieve this dream, this idea of becoming all that God created us to be, it is imperative that all parts of us, our spirit and our soul and our body, that is three distinct parts of who we are as human beings. Each of those three areas must be complete. Nothing broken, nothing missing, 
no fragments, no pieces, no no holes there that where there's some void or gap because something's been stolen or lost. There has to be the preservation of and the completeness of these areas, spirit and soul and body. So here's a couple of things to consider. God, I believe, this is me, I believe that one of the movements in the earth today is that men and women are becoming aware that our destinies and our purposes are truly before us, and they are, in fact, sealed in heaven. God's already determined it. And I also believe, as one of my premises, that those of us who are kingdom-minded, who are believers, who have received Christ, I believe that Christians around the world have, frankly, lived far beneath their, their privilege for a very long time. I I believe that there is more to this experience than what we have realized. And so the question becomes, if there is truly a lot more for us to tap into and to experience and to access and to, to know in our personal lives, in our families, in our businesses, in our ministries, in our world, then how do we get from where we are to where we need to be? And what is the process along the way that has to take place in order for that full expression to take place? To, to come about. Well, in order to come to a place of the full, the absolute full expression of what God wants to do in us and through us, I believe there are some steps along the way that we must address so that we can be positioned and situated in a way that will allow us, once we come to that threshold, to that doorway, we do not disqualify ourselves or we do not sabotage ourselves as we enter into a new season, a fresh season, a new expression of our purpose. Now, you're saying, Brian, what are you saying? I thought when we got saved, everything's cool. Well, I, I will tell you salvation is not mine or your decision. That's between each individual and God. And I do believe those that, that have repented of their sins, have accepted Christ, have, have engaged Him in relationship, I believe we are saved. I believe we are redeemed. The Bible teaches us that we are justified by faith and that not of ourselves. We are sanctified, which means we're, we're made right again. We are cleansed. All of our sins are forgiven. I believe all of that. However, many people are still walking through life depressed, confused, defeated, not experiencing the full measure of what God truly has for them. There are many people who are struggling relationally in marriages children who are dysfunctional and struggling in life and having all kinds of sickness and disease and emotional traumas and issues. I say this respectfully, but there's not a significant difference between statistics when it comes to depression, prescription drugs, divorce rates, addictive behaviors between those who profess Christ and those who don't. So if accepting Christ and if being saved is all of it, then I would beg the question, why is it that so many Christians are not living to their full potential? Somewhere between the sanctification, justification, and redemption of my spirit man back to God, reunited, reconnected with my Creator, somewhere between that experience and the fleshing out of what I am here to perform and do and experience and walk in, there's a breakdown, and I'm going to show you what I believe that is. Before I do that, I want to say I don't believe it's God's will for us to live beneath our privilege. I do not believe for one moment that we are expected just to struggle through and hope we make it and just barely get by and, and just, you know, well, you know, I'm saved and going to heaven someday, but I'm going to be depressed while I'm down here. No, that is not his plan. That is not our inheritance. So, Brian, what's the deal? Well, I would propose to you that one of the major factors is broken souls, souls that are not complete, they're not whole, they're not, they're not healed. You see, the soul has to be healed because we were commanded in 1 Thessalonians 5.23 that we would be preserved complete, whole, spirit and soul and body, all three parts, not just our spirit man with God, not just our body, but that soul piece is important. Let me give you the breakdown. Here's the deal. 
We are what's called tripartite beings. Now, that's a fancy word. What does it mean? Well, we know that God himself is three, yet he is one. He is Father, he is Son, he is Holy Spirit. He expresses himself and reveals himself to us as those expressions. But we know there's one God. And when he made us in the account of creation, we see in Genesis chapter 1, 25, 26, 27 through there, that he said essentially to himself, let us make man in our image. Let us make him in our likeness. Let's, let's not use the spoken word to create this entity. Let's actually use God himself as a template by which we create this one. And so if God is Father, Son, Holy Spirit, then we are made after that template. Therefore, we are spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, soul, and body. Well, let's look at how that template plays out. Well, uh, whenever it came time to institute or constitute the family unit, which was the very first institution God ever really provided in the earth, he used the exact same template. It was father, it was mother, and when those two were in proper relationship with one another, created for the purpose of relating in a healthy manner, one man, one woman, they would produce offspring naturally, meaning the fruit of the relationship was offspring. So father, mother, children. So you have father, son, Holy Spirit, Spirit, soul, and body, and then the template continues, father, mother, children. So it's critically important that if a father and a mother are going to procreate, that each of them be healthy. The father has to have a seed that is potent. The father has to have the capacity and the physical ability to impregnate or to plant a seed, if you will. The mother has to have a healthy body in that she her womb and her female organs and the mechanisms by which that that child is nourished in the womb for the gestation period that mother must be healthy in order for that child the offspring the fruit of that relationship to produce life but not only just life but a healthy child think about that in other words what comes from the father and mother in relationship is offspring the health and the strength and the capacity of the offspring is contingent upon the health and the strength and the capacity of the father and the mother in their respective roles. So let's back it up a notch now. The Spirit of God, the Spirit part of us, is cut directly out of God. That is the part of us that is regenerated or connected back to God. In fact, it's kind of like hardware. And we are compatible with heaven because we actually possess his very spirit. The soul is, in a sense, the female gender because it is the womb of mankind. It is the, the carrier of seed. It is the, 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 the part of us that carries emotionally, mentally, psychologically the potential that God has spoken concerning us. And then the body, as it were, is what we see happen in the flesh. How many of you have ever maybe heard this scripture taught, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak? Well, the spirit is willing because the spirit part of us is actually the God part of us. The spirit part of us is connected to, to God in such a way that whenever, for example, whenever God speaks to you directly, or if you receive what I would term a prophetic word from a fellow believer or someone who functions in that capacity, and something in you just screams, yes, it's it just, there is a witness there. There's something that screams, yes, that is your spirit saying yes, because God does not disagree with God. So if God is speaking to you, the God in you says yes, because there's agreement there. And I would imagine that some of you have probably had God speak to you through various channels before, and when he did, something in you said, yes, man, I'm going to be that. I'm going to do that. Yes, that's my, that's my destiny. That's my calling. That's what I'm going to do. I can do this thing. 
And yet it never seems as though it fleshes itself out and manifests in real life. So was God's word not true, or was there a breakdown somewhere between your spirit saying yes and it becoming a reality in your life? You see what I, where I'm going with this? Spirit, soul, and body. In order for the word of God concerning your life to be manifest in your life, where others can see it and they can uh, experience the glory of God through his work in your life, that word has to pass through your soul, which, by the way, which, by the way, is the womb. So what is this soul of man? What, what is it? Why is it so important? How is it the womb, Brian? Let me share this with you. The soul is that part of us that contains our will. It contains our emotions. It contains our thoughts, which, by the way, in turn, control the course of our mind and our rationale and our decision-making processes. Therefore, uh, all of these things, the will, the emotions, the thoughts, the beliefs, eventually those produce actions which eventually and always produce consequences or results. So the results that I'm experiencing in my life today are the outcome of a process that's taken place internally. And where does it take place? It takes place in the soulish arena, this arena we call the soul. So God speaks a word, and your spirit says yes, and then that word then disseminates down into the soul, and it begins to compare itself with, watch this, your beliefs. It begins to compare itself with what you know to be true about other people and men and women and this person, and, and you begin to compare what God said to your own sense of self-worth and your own self-esteem and, and what you believe to be true about your own capacity or potential. And, and what happens is, is that this difference between what God has said and what you are, what you presently know about yourself, creates a tension. And the way the human mind works, it's going to regulate that tension away because the mind and the heart of a man does not like conflict and tension. So therefore, it actually will regulate it to the, the nearest point of relief. And whereas we should be regulating it up to truth, that is God's truth, many, many, many times we regulate God's word and we small it up, we shrink it up, and we whittle it down to where it fits what we know to be true about ourselves. In the soul of man, our hurts, the memories, the all the things we've experienced in our life, all those things are housed in the soul. And so this perfect seed, if you will, the Word of God, goes into our soul, into a wound that may or may not be whole, may or may not be healed, may or not, may not be complete because of our disappointments, our wounds, our hurts, our fears, our failures. And it, that perfect seed is sitting there in this toxic, sick environment. And we wonder why the outcome, the fruit... We wonder why the child or the offspring of that word never looks like the word did in the beginning. Proverbs 23, 7, this should be a very familiar verse of Scripture to anyone who has been around uh, Bible teaching for any length of time. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You see, it's not as critical what others think about you, or even what God thinks about you. Yes, it's critical, of course, but, but that's not the governor. That's not the thing that's going to produce the result. What is most important is what do you think or believe or know in your heart? What is the condition of your soul? Is your womb healthy enough to carry the power and the potency and the seed that God has planted and spoken concerning your life? You see, this soul has to be healed. What I carry in this compartment, my beliefs, my thoughts, my hurts, my wounds, my disappointments, all those things ultimately govern the outcomes in my life. Another teaching that I do in this arena of the soul is what we call soul ties. A soul tie is when the emotions, the mind, the will of a person is entangled or embedded with the mind, the will, the emotions of someone else. It's, it comes through very intense and meaningful relationships over years. It can be uh, a sexual relationship. It could be uh, a covenant or a vow or an allegiance or an alliance that maybe we've made with a company or with a business partner or with 
uh, a fraternity, these deep, deep commitments that we make emotionally, because remember, emotions are all a part of the soul. They're not a part of the spirit or the body. They're a part of the soul. So when we make these deep emotional connections, we become entangled with the issues, the thoughts, the beliefs, the the curses, all the things that that are a part of someone else's life, and we form a soul tie. Now, by the way, a soul tie is not necessarily bad. I have a great soul tie with my wife. I have some very close friends with which I have very healthy and very godly soul ties. So soul ties, by definition, are not ungodly or unhealthy. But what I'm saying is, is that this is one area of the soul we have to look at because if our soul is going to be complete, we cannot be tied to people or to instances or to experiences that are still drawing life from us in this season. The soul. My prayer for you is that your soul is healed. My prayer for you is that you don't keep glossing over or painting over the cracks in the wall. That, that works for a while, but the cracks keep coming back. They keep showing up. They keep manifesting themselves, and when you would do good, evil is present. And when you would have five or six or eight or ten steps forward, you wind up going 15, 20, 30 steps back. It's, it's push forward, fall back, push forward, fall back, never really making significant or meaningful progress. I would propose to you today that there is a part of your soul that must be healed. There's something that is unresolved, unreconciled in that arena that God longs to heal and make completely well, completely whole. And in that process, you become a different person. I want to show you something here that I believe is very powerful. Third John, around verse 2 there, it says, Beloved, I pray that in all respects, one translation says, I pray that in every area of your life, that you may prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. Did you catch that? Beloved, I pray that in every area of your life that you may prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. Oh, my gosh. Let me tell you what that says to me. That says to me that the health and the prosperity of every area of my life, watch me, my relationships, my finances, my businesses, my ministry, my hobbies, my free time, my record, every compartment of life is affected directly by the prosperity and the health of my soul. That means if my soul is really, truly only functioning on 60%, the best I can give anybody in any area of my life is 60%. Now, you might be functioning on 100% of your 60%. But this scripture is very clear. We will prosper. We will experience health and blessing and fullness to the degree that our soul is healthy and is prospering. Ladies and gentlemen, if your soul is broken, if there are areas in your life where you're yet to be healed and yet to reconcile the past, and deal with things and, and let some things go and, and have those things resolved. If your soul is not healed, it is impacting every area of your life. So the soul, we know, contains the thoughts, the memories, the will, the intellect. Every experience you've ever had, every word that's ever been spoken to you, every harsh event that has scarred you or wounded you, your belief systems that have been formed from the time you were a newborn, all of those things are housed in the soul. Therefore, if those things truly govern my direction and my course of, of life, then it stands to reason that I must be healthy in my emotions, my thoughts, my memories. All those things have to be reconciled to God, laid at the cross, and healed so that every other area of my life can fall into place and prosper. It really is inside-out living. If I can get my soul free of all the unhealthy garbage, then my life begins to bear the fruit that looks a lot more like what God said about me. I'm going to wrap it up with a couple of examples here. We talk a lot about symptoms 
depression, addiction, lack of motivation, low self-esteem, low sense of worth, lack of confidence, bad habits, destructive behaviors, uh, things like unable to hold money and maybe the inability to really maintain good relationships, anger. I tell you, one that I dealt with a lot before I received healing was a lot of self-hatred, a lot of self-loathing. And because of that, I would unintentionally, but yet subconsciously intentionally, I would be sabotaging myself. I would I would get to a point that I knew in my soul was better than what I should be. Therefore, I would return to what I should be. I would behave in a way. I would act out. I would do something or I would fall into a pattern again that brought me back to where I, quote unquote, belonged. Those are all symptoms. Well, what are the root issues? Well, man, there's, there's a thousand things it could be. But things like abandonment, things like molestation or abuse, sexual abuse. Maybe it's the absence of a real father or father figure in your life. Maybe it's the trauma of seeing a mom and a dad fight and maybe your mom be beaten or abused. Maybe it's, maybe it's just disappointments, just things that have happened in life that have disappointed you or hurt you or brought you to a place that have crushed your heart and crushed your spirit and crushed your soul. Maybe it's personal failures. I know people that have failed so hard and so miserably and for whatever reason, they've had a difficult time recovering from those moments where they missed it. But those things were registered and filed away in the soul. And those failures, maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago, have them stuck in a rut. Self-esteem issues because of failure. Self-esteem issues because of mistakes. Poor decisions that were made in a moment of poor judgment. Emotional trauma. Maybe this, this is a big one. Rejection. Rejection. And this list of causes goes on and on and on. I don't know what symptoms you might be dealing with. I have no idea what areas that we've discussed here might or might not be your situation. Here's what I know. Every man and every woman should pursue healing, restoration, reconciliation, and release in the area of their soul. Why? Because as my soul prospers, so goes my life. I want to give you seven steps that I believe will bring you through the process of healing the broken soul. Seven steps to healing the broken soul. Here they are. Number one, acknowledge. Dr. Phil McGraw says you cannot change what you are not willing to acknowledge. I have found this to be incredibly true. If a person is not willing to simply on an honest level say, yes, this is a challenge for me and I'm, this is an area that's broken. I don't have a clue how to fix it. And by the way, the how is not important. But just say, yes, I'm broken right here and I need some help. Acknowledge, okay, there's an area of me that's broken. Acknowledge it. Own it. Number two, confess, which means bring it into the light. What do we do when we have these kinds of things hanging over our head? We stuff them away. We throw up a big mask, and we pretend, and we hide behind judgments. We hide behind masks. We we actually walk out our life completely in the context of pretense because we don't want anybody else to see how jacked up that was. And we don't want anybody to think there's something wrong with us, so therefore we pretend. Well, if you're going to acknowledge it, the next step is very simple. Confess it. Bring it into the light. Why? Why do we bring it into the light? Our failures, our disappointments, our traumas, our hurts. Why do we, why do we, nobody wants to talk about that stuff. Why do we need to bring it into the light? I'll tell you why. One reason, Satan is the ruler of the darkness. As long as you insist on keeping what has hurt you hidden, then Satan has the legal authority 
to govern, to rule, to manipulate, and to control that area of your heart. I'm not saying you go to a confessional. I'm not saying you get up before your church congregation and air your garbage. That is not at all what I'm saying. I'm saying find somebody, a pastor, a counselor, a coach, a consultant, a friend, someone who you can sit down with that you trust and you know that will have your heart and say to them, I, I am broken in this area, and this is what's happened, and I, I'm, I don't know how to even begin the process, but I need somebody to know. I'm bringing this out of the closet. I'm bringing it into the light. I need healing. You have no idea how much power that kind of a confession, that kind of a statement has. When you willfully, of your remember the will is a part of the soul. When you bring things out of darkness and into the light, you have just robbed Satan of every ounce of his power over you. That one act alone levels the playing field. So number one, acknowledge. Number two, bring it into the light. Confess. Number three, make a resolution. What resolution are you talking about, Brian? I want you to resolve to be willing to deal with the pain associated with this issue. Because here's what happens. When we stuff things away over years, we do so as a self-preservation means. We do it because we don't want to feel the pain. We do it because we don't want to deal with it. It's easier to not deal with it than it is to deal with it. But I would submit to you that until the pain of remaining the same exceeds the pain of going there and dealing with it and making the change, change is not going to happen. So you have to resolve in your heart, I'm going to do whatever it takes, even if it, if it brings old hurts up, old pain, even if I have to grapple with the emotion and the hurt, I'm going to do it so I could be free. I went through this step. I'm telling you, when I went through Pathways in the year 2000, I went through two or three days. Actually, I went through about eight or ten days, but two or three days of very intense pain because I had stuffed things away so deeply. And when I finally resolved, I'm going to go there. I'm going to deal with this. It was excruciating, but my goodness, was it powerful and lovely and beautiful on the other side. Acknowledge, confess, resolve. Number four. Forgive and release. Forgive and release those who wronged you. Forgive and release those who caused you the trauma. Forgive and release those who rejected you. Forgive and release those who disappointed you. Forgive and release anyone and everyone that may be holding you back. Here's why. Can I tell you something? To hold someone in unforgiveness to to in your mind, hold them captive to the accountability of what they did to you. It's really not hurting them. It's really killing you. So step number four in healing your broken soul, you, you worry about you and let them worry about them. Let God worry about them. You choose to forgive and release them so that you can move forward, so that you can be free. Acknowledge, confess, resolve, and then forgive and release. Number five. This one's a, a simple one. Pray. Well, what do I pray? Real simple. I simply want you to go to your daddy God and ask Father to meet you in the middle of your pain. Ask him to meet you in the middle of that moment. Ask him to show up for you in that place where you were hurt. And ask him to heal you. Lord, I'm here. I'm your kid. I know you love me, and I'm walking this process out as best that I know how, but I'm asking you to meet me there. Don't, don't make me go in there by myself. You be there with me because you were there when it happened. And God, while we're there, heal this. Number six, receive. I love this part. Receive the healing. You know, the Bible says that God would withhold no good thing from you. Well, healing's a good thing. Forgiveness is a great thing. Restoration's a beautiful thing. So step number six is receive healing. Receive forgiveness that you need. Receive restoration. 
And number seven, live. I will live and not die to declare the works of the Lord. What God has said about me, I, my life will be a testimony to those words. Live and become the person God created you to be. Live out your destiny. Live out your calling. So a review, seven steps to healing the broken soul. Number one, acknowledge. You cannot change what you're not willing to acknowledge. Confess. Bring it into the light. Number three, resolve that you're going to go there. You're going to deal with the pain. You're going to go to the root of the issue. And even if it costs you something for a little bit, you're willing to do it. Number four, forgive and release those who have hurt you or wronged you. Let them go so you can be free. Number five, pray and ask God to meet you in the middle of this moment and to heal you and to restore you. Number six, receive healing, forgiveness, restoration. Receive anything you need from him in that moment because he's there for you and with you. And number seven, live. 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 Don't exist. Don't just trudge through life. Live. I have come that you might have life that you might have it more abundantly. Live and become the person God created you to be. I want to close with this thought. God longs for you to open up this door for him because he wants to heal you. There's an area of your heart, there's an area of your soul that needs to be healed. There are, look, healing is a process. In my estimation, it's a lifelong process. I believe it's layer after layer. So we're always in the process of of becoming more like him. But right now, where you are, God wants to heal you. And when we see that all these other areas of our life that we struggle in really are connected back to this soulish arena, and when our soul is healthy, when our soul is prospering, when our soul is complete and whole, then everything else falls into line. I want to challenge you today. Submit yourself to the process and watch your life as it is transformed into something more beautiful than you ever imagined possible. You are his child. You are his workmanship. And two things I know about his workmanship. God does not make mistakes. And he don't make no junk. Oh, that felt good. That felt so good today. Go for it, folks. Go for it. A couple of quick announcements. A part of the process is changing your mind. Really looking at your belief systems and what it is you believe to be true because sometimes the, the beliefs that we hold to be true are not true at all. And we have to challenge the status quo as it relates to our beliefs. So I'm going to be offering on May 21st, that's next Wednesday, next Wednesday at 7 p.m., May 21st, a webinar, a live webinar called Change Your Mind, Change Your World. I'd love for you to be a part of that. I believe it's going to be very helpful to you. We're going to talk about how the mind works, how beliefs are formed, how to identify limiting beliefs, how to address them, and how to have them transformed completely where you will replace them and assume and adopt beliefs that God believes to be true about you. going to be a powerful thing. Now for my sneak peek announcement. I am considering very strongly starting a mastermind group in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I'm a part of two mastermind groups, and they are of the utmost benefit to me in so many ways I can't even begin to explain. A couple of weeks ago, we had Dan Miller on the program talking to us about the value of mastermind groups and connecting with other people who are like-minded, who are on a similar path where we can pull our resources, pull our minds, and and help us to collaborate and to sharpen each other and to add value to each other. And I really believe that here in Dallas-Fort Worth that we have enough people in our audience and people that would be uh, a great, great part of that, that we can pull this off and make it something not only significant, but something so worthwhile. And so I'm putting this out there just as a pre-announcement 
that if you think you might be interested in being a part of a mastermind group, go to the episode uh, 41 in the show notes, go down to the comment section, leave me a comment there and say, hey, I want to be a part of this. Shoot me an email. We Just give me your information. We'll be in contact with you as we get closer to launching this in a couple of months. But I really want to start laying the groundwork now. If you're in the DFW area, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a solopreneur, if you are a person who is in ministry, but you're looking to expand your reach and touch more people with the message God's given you, whatever it is you feel like you're called to do, and you feel like that being a part of a mastermind group would be of benefit to you, reach out to us, let us know you're interested, and we'll be in contact with you. I have one or two openings right now for coaching clients. If you're looking for a life coach, an executive coach, a coach for your business, I'd love to chat with you about the possibility of helping you in that area as well. Last thing, if you would like to have us come and speak at your church, at a leadership event, at a business event, we would be more than happy to come and add value to your organization. We believe we could do that, and we'd certainly be honored to come alongside of you and uh, help you with what God's given you to do. Well, last couple of things here. I'd love for you to comment on this episode. Go to brianholmes.com. Go to episode number 41. Down to the comment section, leave us a comment, a question, input, feedback, whatever it is and engage with us in conversation about this topic, about the soul of man, about changing your mind, about having your heart healed. Let us know how we can be of service to you. Also, I would encourage you to subscribe to our weekly updates at brianholmes.com. Just right there on the right-hand column, fill out the little information form there. We'll send you a free audio series that we did a while back on transforming the mind. That'll be of great benefit to you, and we will keep you informed as to what we're doing here at brianholmes.com. If you have found this podcast... This episode or any of the episodes on strategic living of benefit to you, you would be helping us a great deal by subscribing to us in iTunes, but also rating us and leaving a review for us there. It drives our rankings up so that it's more visible to more people where we can get this message of hope and healing out to so many more. I trust something we've shared today has been a benefit to you and a blessing to you. And my prayer for you is that everything your heart desires, that you would experience it and you would know it, and you would absolutely come into the fulfillment of it. As your soul prospers, I pray that you prosper. Well, thanks for joining us today. Share this with someone. Share it on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Google+, wherever it is you hang out. And uh, just let somebody know there's a great message being propagated at brianholmes.com and on the Strategic Living Podcast. Well, until next time, remember this. You were made in His image, designed for a purpose, destined for greatness. The entire world is waiting for you, the real you, to show up. We believe in you. I believe in the greatness in you. We'll see you back here next week. God bless.